believe me, that's what God created you to do. Man born of a woman is but few day, a few days full of trouble. And it's to God who answers prayer, all men must come. So we all must pray. So last Friday night we were here, and the third Friday, that's the Friday from this coming Friday, we will be back here again from 7 through 10, just praying. Nobody was talking to the other person. Everyone was just praying, and I was so pleased. A lot of people came. They stayed for at least an hour. In some stayed more than an hour, and they left. And I'm very sure that God was pleased, and I'm beginning to see when the people of God do things like that, guess who is behind it? The Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's wanting to bless his people. And so he gives the people the heart to obey. And then the set time comes. I'm going to read that scripture. The set time comes because now the people of God have set their hearts on the things of God and the time for blessings come. So we're going to have abundance. I can already tell based on the way the people are responding. If you can, this uh, the, uh, following Friday night, please come because we are going to be seeing unusual things happening in this church. And my prayer is that every family that's a part of the Ark Fellowship is going to be blessed. Every single family. I told myself, reading the scriptures, God blessed three million people when they left Egypt. Three million people. There was not one among them that was feeble. We're not talking about sickness. No weak person among three million that God brought out of Egypt. And they had so much wealth with them. Because they took out all the wealth of Egypt. And they came off. And at the point when they were building the tabernacle, they were bringing the gold. Moses was pleading with them, with them stop, stop. That's what we want. God wants to bless his people. Amen. I'm going to read this scripture. Psalm 102. Psalm 102, verse 13. And I need you all to say it with me. Because that's our prayer. Amen? And God will hear us. Stand up with me this morning. It's so important. We're speaking to God. We got it up there. Okay? You will arise and have mercy on Zion. For the time to favor her, yes, the said time has come. For your servants take pleasure in her stones and show favor to her dust. That's so important. The said time has come because the people of God are beginning to seek his face. They show favor to his house. And when we do that, we can then tell God, God, look, you now will arise. And he said it in his word. You will arise. It's time. Because we are following you now. You got to do this. God put it there because he wants to do that. So I can boldly say, when I see you walk, walking after God, I can boldly say, God, you, you got no choice this time, the Lord. You got to stay. You, you have to bless your people. Based on his word. Amen. He says, we come into his presence with boldness. With the blood of Jesus. So we come into him with boldness. Now another scripture, 126, Psalm 126. That's not my message, but I got to go and obey what I feel the Lord's doing in me. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit is here. He is at work among us. If you are in captivity today, for whatever reason, and the enemy has held you bondage, he held you in bondage in any area of your life, Today is your day of freedom. Can I hear an amen? amen? This is the day of your freedom. If it's holding you in captivity in the area of your finances, your freedom has come. Amen? Let's read it. From verse 1, 126. When the Lord brought back the captivity of the church, 
we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them, for you. Can I, can I hear an amen? Let's say it. The Lord has done great things for us. The Lord has done great things for us. The Lord has done great things for us. We will declare that. And we're glad. Amen. We're glad. Please be seated. We're glad. Father, thank you for confirming your words today. These words are being fulfilled according to your word. These scriptures are being fulfilled right now before, your, before our eyes. It's the doings of the Lord. And it's marvelous in our sight. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. This morning I want to continue with the message I titled, Life-Changing Prayer. Life-Changing Prayer. Many of us, like I said, God has called you to pray. You are the temple of God. That's the word the scripture says. You are indeed really the temple of God. First Corinthians 1 verse uh, um, 3 verse 16, I believe, says, you are the, Don't you know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? And then the Bible says, Jesus said, My house shall be called the house of prayer. That means you as a temple of God, God expects you as a temple to be a house of prayer. And a lot of Christians are not fulfilling that. And so we're running to and fro, looking for ways to get out of trouble. But troubles will only get out of our lives when we go to God. So we have to have come up with a, a strategy to pray before God. So you can spend at least an hour. God expects us to spend at least an hour. You don't have to spend one full hour. You can break it. You can spend six, uh, six, 30 minutes, one time, maybe 15 minutes. But God expects you for a day to be able to spend that time with Him one hour. A lot of people are so religious. This is not a religious thing. This is relationship with God. If you can't have somebody that you have a relationship with and you don't spend time with that person, there's no relationship there. When you don't ever spend even two minutes with a person and you say, I love you, well, say, you love me, you don't spend time with me. We still have the problems in our homes today. The wife's telling the husband, you don't spend time with me. And the children the same, because you don't really have a relationship until you really spend time. And God is asking, just one hour, that's what Jesus said, just give me one hour. Spend one hour with me. That's what he's asking for. So we have to come up with a strategy to pray. But really, prayer is for our benefit. It doesn't benefit God. When you enter into God's presence like Moses did and spent 40 days, when you come out of that mountain, your forehead will be shining and everybody will see it. Everybody will see you. The glory of God will be upon your life. So we need to come up with a strategy to pray so that we don't spend a whole lot of time saying nothing before the Father. Let me tell you, God is constantly speaking. God doesn't stop speaking. Right now, he's speaking to somebody in China. And he's this, at the same time, he's speaking to somebody right here. And another one in Africa. Because God doesn't quit speaking. And he wants you to speak to him. That's the relationship we have with him. And we have to come up with a strategy to spend time with him. And when you spend time with God, your life can never be the same. You can't change your own life. He has to do the changing. We don't have what it takes to change our own lives. But when we spend our time with Him, that's why Jesus said of Mary, you know, that Mary had chosen the better part. Martha was busy doing all this stuff to serve Jesus. Jesus said, you got it wrong, lady. <laughs> she got the good part. 
And I'm not taking it away from her. Spending time with God is so important. Your life will not change until you spend time with God. There is no prayer from any anointed minister that's going to bring a lasting change in your life until you begin to find your place with Him as as a child of God. The anointed minister is a son. You also are a son to God. He's a daughter, she's a daughter, you also are a daughter, and he expects you to come, just like the other person. We need to recognize that. So, we need to form, uh, come up with a strategy to pray. And because the Bible says we are the temple of God, I don't need to go to Jerusalem to pray. I don't need this physical temple. <laughs> the Bible says the Holy Spirit is right inside of me. That's the tabernacle. It's right there. According to the power, Ephesians 3 verse 20, according to the power that is at work inside of us. You see, you cannot release that power to benefit your life until you spend a lot of time praying. It's always there waiting for you to do something in your life. In my book, I call it, it's a battery. Amen? (laughs) You are the light of the world. Amen? You are the light of the world. But the light, every light needs some power. The Holy Spirit in you, that's your battery. Keep it charged by spending time praying so that you can, your light can shine brighter and your life, your life can change. So we need to come up with a strategy. So as you come before the temple of God, the Old Testament temple, the first place you get into is the outer court. And then you have the tabernacle itself. That has two compartments. The first part is the holy place. And then you have the holy of holies. And all of these things have things in them for worship. The first thing you come to is the brazen altar. And that's where, I said last Sunday, that's where they, make, they give their bond offerings, their sin offerings, their trespass offerings, offerings for reconciliation. Offerings for their family, doves, and all of that. Those things are killed there. But that altar actually represents the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of God will be lifted up. That everyone who looks and believes will not die but I have eternal life. In other words, your life will be changed. So when you go into the temple, uh, the temple of God, and you get into the altar court, uh, altar court, and you see that bracing altar that lives inside of you. Remember what the scripture says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with, now you are in the court, time to praise the Lord. Can I hear an amen? It's time to praise God for my change. So I, get, I see the cross up and I see in my mind Jesus lifted up on the cross. And I say, praise the Lord God Almighty. You gave Jesus out of your love. And see, he's hanging there. He's washed away. He's taken away all of my sins. I no longer have sinned. Because of the cross of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did. You were willing to go to the cross and you paid for my sins. I'm forgiven. You say to him in prayer, and you can do this every day, and I'm going to come to it. But as you do that every day, you lose the thing I call sin consciousness. You're no longer conscious of it. Now you tell him, I have received from you the righteousness of God. He who knew no sin was made sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God. I didn't say that. God said that. He didn't know any sin. Jesus hanging on the cross for me. And I'm telling him as I pray, you did that for me. You took my sins. I am no longer unrighteous. I am righteous before God. I have the righteousness of God. If I have the righteousness of God, I am as righteous as God is. 
kind of lofty, but that's what the Bible says. And as you pray to him and you thank him, as you praise him for it, your spirit, your born again spirit begins to say, yeah, I heard it, that's the truth. Amen. Amen. And your body begins to readjust itself. Yes, that's the truth. Because life and death are in the power of the tongue. And as you keep speaking it, your body begins to say amen. And you begin to find the manifestation of God's righteousness upon your life. Many times we hear a lot of sermons, but I want to know what to do. Give me what to do. Amen. Show me what I can do. To transform my life. I've been practicing this. And it's, it's, it's a real wonder. What God is doing. Amen. We have to do that. So you tell him. God. Jesus on the cross. You destroyed the devil. And you overcame the world. I, have, I am not of this world anymore. I belong to the kingdom of God. I've been translated. Amen. Just like Enoch. I've been moved from the, this world. And I've been translated into the kingdom of God. I belong to a new kingdom. Where there is no want. Where Jesus is the king. And he watches over me. He is the good shepherd. I got nothing to be afraid of the devil. They should be afraid of me, the devils. When I come into town, they say, here comes trouble. What is he going to do now? What does he have in his mind now? Is he going to preach or is he going to pray? What is he going to do? Because Jesus, I carry the very glory of God. Jesus said, the glory that the Father gave to me, I have given it to them. I have that glory on me. And every time I appear, Satan sees the glory and he says, what is he up to? What is he up to? What is he going to do now? Are we about to lose another fellow from our kingdom? What's going on now? They are nervous. He becomes a nervous wreck because of the power of God. So you thank him that you've lost that. And then the fourth thing is thank him for deliverance from sickness and disease. Sickness and disease. In the Old Testament, the children of Israel were being beaten by, you know, serpents. And God told Moses, just erect a brazen serpent. They don't have to fight. They don't have to do anything. They don't have to struggle. Every time they are beaten and that venom is going through their bodies to kill them, all they have to do is look for where the pole is. Amen? All they have to do is look. And as they look, the poison is neutralized in their body. That's incredible. Physical poison from a physical natural snake neutralized by looking at a bracing pole. Think about it. That's the kind of God we serve. And Jesus said, there is poison of sickness and disease in the world. Amen. He said, that just like Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man will be lifted up, that everyone who looks and believes, your sickness is neutralized. And you don't have to die. You don't have to die. Exodus chapter 23 verse 25 says, so you shall serve the Lord your God. I mean, you're serving God this morning. I know you are because you are in church. Amen. So you shall serve the Lord your God. And he will bless your bread and your water. Not me. He will. He will bless your bread and your water. He said, I, God, I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Not me. We need to believe the scriptures. And the way to erect our faith and strengthen our faith is to go to the cross and say, Jesus, you did that for me. And I'm worshipping you. I know my bread and water is blessed. Everything is blessed about me. And you have taken sickness away from the midst of me. Surely God has done that. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. If you can't bless Him and you are within me, get lost. Sickness and all of that. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Every one of them. All of them. That's your righteousness. Who heals all your diseases. Except the one you got this morning. Right? Is that what it says? No. Who heals all your diseases. And God is not lying. God means business. His word can never return to him void. He watches over his word to perform his word. All we need to do is believe him and stand on the word and pray to him. Tell him, God, you have taken all my sickness and all my disease. I cannot be sick. It's impossible for me to be sick. Thank you for what you've done for me, Jesus. Look at you on the cross, destroying the power of sickness and disease. I cannot be sick. I am not of the world. The world can have their flu and all of that. Flu is not for me. It's not from the kingdom of God. We don't have that in the kingdom of God. I got no flu. I'm fine. He heals all your diseases. That's what the scripture says. He, he delivers your life from destruction. No one timely death. I'm not going to be dying in the street. Say that this drunk driver came and ran good luck over. It's never going to happen. He delivers my life from destruction. I cannot be. You can't kill me that way. Look at the blood of God. From the throne, look at him, hanging there, for me. And the car runs over me, for after he's done all of that, it's impossible. And the Bible says, be it unto you according to your, your faith. I got nothing to fear. And I pray the same thing over my children, and over you. But I need you to be in agreement with me, amen? Don't ever come out of agreement. Be in agreement with me. He delivers your life from destructions. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He crowns you with loving kindness, tender mercies. Not just mercies, tender mercies. You remember that fellow that was blind? He said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Tender mercy. Mercy means heal me. But it's not just mercy. It's tender mercies. Everywhere you go, you got two big bodyguards following you. One is called loving kindness. The other one is called tender mercies. When you need tender mercies, it's right there. When you need loving kindness, it's right there for you. Because God has said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Those are your benefits because you received Jesus. That's why it's called the good news. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we are not ordinary according to what Paul says. He says you behave like mere men. I thought I was just a normal man. What are you talking about, Paul? <laughs> but we're not. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You are a spirit, and the Spirit of God dwells in you. You are not ordinary. You feel that way because you haven't believed the Scriptures. Jesus said, all things are possible, if you believe. And we don't believe because we haven't been told the truth. But when you receive the truth and you don't argue with the truth, your life begins to be transformed. Amen. The Bible tells us, in Matthew chapter 8, Verse 15 and 16. It says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirit with a word and healed all who were sick. How many did he heal? 
all of them, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. So he was doing this this evening to fulfill what was spoken about him by Isaiah the prophet. He healed everybody. That tells me when Jesus wants to fulfill his will, he heals everybody. If he wants to fulfill what was written about him, nobody lives sick. And nobody's going to leave this place sick this morning in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? Nobody's living sick this morning. Nobody's living sick. If you have a headache, by the time I'm through preaching, that thing will be gone. Can I hear an amen? Probably check yourself now, you may find it's gone. Because the devil knows this place is too hot for me. I got to get out of here. Amen. Amen. He did this to fulfill what was written by Isaiah the prophet. Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. I hate when, I don't like discussing with people. I hate when I hear people say, oh, my headache, my stomach pain, my, my, knee, my, my pain in the knee. It's yours. What do you want God to do with it? Keep it. It's yours. You've claimed it to be yours. But when I go before the throne to pray, I declare, even though I'm feeling it in the natural, I'm saying, God, you've healed me. I don't have it. You have been healed legally by the word of God. Legally, you're not supposed to be sick. Legally. Spiritually, according to the word of God. Isaiah chapter 53. Verse 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are legally, you have been healed. Read the will. That's the testament. Read the will. God healed you. So sickness is illegal. Can I hear an amen? Sickness upon the people of God is illegal. That's why God, when he brought the children of Israel, three million of them. Three million of them out of, the, out of Egypt. There was not one single person that was sick. That will put all the doctors in Houston out of business. They will be calling somebody's practicing false medicine. Yeah. Not one single person. They lived in the shadow of the old. Now we live under the glory cloud. And all we confess is sin. Sickness. I want to rid myself of sickness and disease consciousness. And the way, if you keep having those and keep talking about sickness and disease and every time you're attacked, you're calling this person, I got to go see the doctor. That's good to see doctors. My wife is one of them. We need to pay her so she can, we can have food. But, that's, but again, you got to understand. <laughs> so I don't put my wife out of business here, you know. Ah. <laughs> uh, Excuse me. But we don't need to listen. The doctors will give us the truth. I mean, excuse me, the facts. Based on what their instruments and all of them give them. Yeah, tell them. And they are not, they're okay. I respect them. But when they tell me you're going to die, I say, uh, when, how long? Say six months. Well, next year by this time, uh, I'll come and shake your hand, uh, doctor. He says, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, I know what I'm talking about. Jesus is not dead. He's risen from the dead. He's seated at the Father's right hand. But I don't want to wait to be sick. I'm being healed. Confessing this before him and thanking him and praising God every day you go in prayer. Thank you that I'm healed. Cancer cannot live in this body. You tell him, I can never die of heart attack because of what you did. Thank you, Jesus. And you praise him for it. You think you will praise God for something and God will forget you? <laughs> it never happened. Not until you know, God decided he needs to sleep a little bit. He's very tired. If that will ever happen. But we need to believe the scriptures. I'm challenging you this morning. You need to believe the scriptures. And the way you build yourself 
is to go before God, saying this to him in prayer, and thanking him before the cross. Also, he has redeemed us from death, from the curse of the law. From the curse of the law. I am a blessed person. I have the blessings of Abraham. My family is blessed. That's what I tell him. Thank you, God. You blessed me. He said it in his word. Blessed are they. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. They shall be comforted. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness and say, God, can't mean I'm one of them. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. The curse has been broken. The curse has been broken. I need to stay on this because it's so important. The curse has been broken. I'm a blessed person. My family is blessed. My children, they are blessed. The work of my hand, the ministry is blessed. Everywhere I go, I'm a blessing. I am blessed. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having been made a curse for us. Because it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. So that the blessings of Abraham might come upon me, a Gentile. Just like it did with the Jews. Just me, I got to get the blessings of Abraham. So that I can receive the promise of the Spirit. I already have the Holy Spirit. That's the promise. I'm blessed. The fact I have the Holy Spirit is a clear indication. I already have the blessings of Abraham. I'm blessed. The Lord is my shepherd. I can never be in want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I made Jesus Christ my shepherd as he hung on the tree. He died for me. So that I'll never suffer want. Poverty is a curse. Believe me, poverty is a curse. And Jesus came to die so that you cannot be poor. I said the word, you cannot be poor. And I'm not going to apologize because it's, a, it's a, a main serious part of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is very important. This is very important. I'm going to read the scripture, Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. That's written in the scriptures. And God's not going to apologize for that. He said through Jesus' poverty we can become rich. So I go to him and I'm telling the Lord my God, thank you Lord, you have destroyed the power of poverty over my life. I no longer have poverty consciousness. He became poor for us. Think about it. Jesus hanging on the cross there. A rich person don't, will not die between thieves. He was numbered with them. Right? He was dying in the midst of thieves. There are few supposedly rich people, but really there are people who are rich who are really poor because their attitude uh, reflected. The way they act towards money tells you they are really poor. They have a lot of money, but they are poor because they are constantly, you know, fidgeting and they ride over a person to get more money because they have that poverty mentality. Eventually he he gets to them. But Jesus hung there. Jesus was on the cross right there. He wasn't even allowed to have a piece of clothing that, is, that meets his person on him on the cross. He had nothing while he hung there. His robe was taken away from him. He was poor. 
That's the way I see him on the cross. I've got to benefit from that. Amen? As I pray this and I've told myself, I cannot be poor. I cannot. I've come to that conclusion and I don't discuss it with anybody. Many times people, when you say things like this, they are making their calculations and they say, well, because you this, because I'm not looking to anything. Him. Him. I'm looking to Him. I'm looking to Him. And God's manifesting. I've decided poverty is not going to be a part of my life. This. We're here now, so you can watch. You, we can, we're here, but I've decided in my heart, based on the Word of God, based on the Word of God, as long I'm not dying until I see everything that God has for me in this earth. It's not going to happen. And please stop making those calculations in your head. I don't calculate. I'm depending on Him. I believe that God can make me a millionaire overnight. Coming from Him. Not Lotto. Yeah. God can do that. But you have to believe these things. Until you begin to rid yourself of poverty, consciousness, you'll stay poor. Even if you have. Your attitude reflects it. Your attitude will reflect it. The way you act tells you you have a poverty mentality. You have a poverty consciousness. And so it's up and down. You're constantly calculating and sometimes you hurt people. And guess what? I've seen people they have and then they go right back down and struggle before they get back up again. Nothing consistent. When you have the poverty mentality, you don't want to pay your tithe. No, you don't want to do that. And God sees it. You've given him the template. That's what you're going to get. You struggle with your tithe. Because your mind says, if I give that to God, what's left? You have a poverty mentality. Abraham is not going to think that way. They were trying to give him a lot of gifts. Abraham said, I don't want your gifts. I don't want you to say you made Abraham rich. He knew he was going to be rich. I don't want you getting credit. My riches come from here. Take that stuff you're trying to give to me. I don't want it. When you have that kind of mentality, you have received the blessings of Abraham. You may not have it right now, but you have the seed. Amen. The seed is inside of you. And that seed is incorruptible. When you take these things into you, that's why you have no fear. Because it's going to produce. Unless God is dead. Unless Jesus didn't rise from the dead. I can boldly say it based on what he said. We need to believe God. And my faith for our church, this is going to be an unusual church. Amen? Amen. I need us to all come together in agreement. Amen? And watch what God's going to do. Last year we talked about showers of blessings. And God was pouring out showers of blessings. I think probably in my family, unexpectedly, we knew what was happening, but unexpectedly, possibly over $100,000, or maybe up to 150000 for the year, came in tax-free. About the same time we were talking, we, my wife and I, was, we don't want to, we decided maybe we should just hold this. Yeah. Over $100,000 tax-free came into our lives. That's what God can do. And this year, we're declaring the year of abundance. I'm expecting more. Oh, yeah. I'm expecting more. I see the way God, you know, in Angela's business, this, the beginning is like Satan, but we didn't pay him attention. My wife is strong. We didn't pay him much attention. We prayed, we fasted. But by the end of the year... We were wondering what God was doing. It's amazing. I got to share with you. God has completely turned everything around. Did we fear? Ah, every human being, <laughs> you go through it. But you don't have to accept it. You kick it out of your life. And you trust God. I feel like I needed to share this with you. Because the enemy is telling us lies. It's not happening. How do we know? Oh, God is working. 
We had a family that got $10,000. Remember? Right away that they didn't expect. I believe this is going to be even a bigger year. But we need to be in agreement. So you go before him and you say to the Lord God, and for my family, I don't like to worry about anything. Not when it comes to money. I just don't want to deal with because I'm very sure God, somehow, some way, he's going to make a way for me and my family. If he wants to do it through the Ark Fellowship, let him do it. Not, thank you, Jesus, give me some other way. I don't care why it comes. God's going to bless us. We have to do our part. We have to do what, what God says to do. We have a role to play, and we'll come to that in some other message. But you do whatever. But when you really believe this, and you are praying it, and the word of God begins to be engrafted into your spirit, as you read the scriptures, God will begin to open your eyes to the secrets as to what to do. How to sow. And how to believe, because your faith is strengthened, and you get no fear. You know your future is bright. And it's going to be great. I say, you know, right now, thinking I know of one family here that God is blessed in these years, but they, had, they went through some difficult times, and, but they stayed steadfast to the Lord. And God has just poured out. It's amazing. It's amazing. And my eyes, I got to see it with my own eyes. So we come before Him and begin to thank Him. Based on the word, He became poor so that through his poverty, I might become rich. And then you yell, I'm rich! And your neighbor says, he's lost his mind. Look at him. He's yelling, he's rich. He, can't even, he doesn't have any good car. He says he's rich. Can you listen to him? They'll laugh at you. But one day, when they see that brand new car coming in, they say, oh, oh, oh. What happened to you? <laughs> because you have been sowing those incorruptible seed and they didn't have a clue what you were doing. Amen? Stand up with me this morning. You know, man, in those days I used to really have a hard time. I just needed somebody that could believe with me. Because everybody wants to say, yeah, we know God said this, yeah, 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 but. I, I just feel like, I don't want to be around you. I love you, brother, but I don't want to be around you. you. You're flaky. I mean, you're flaky. I don't know where you came from. I don't want to be around you. Just to find somebody that will be in agreement with me. Let me tell you this. If this whole church will agree with me, that this year is going to be a year of abundance. We don't know how God's going to do it. Okay? We don't know how He's going to do it. If we are in agreement, He's going to do it. And we will be seeing unusual things happening here. I need you all to agree with me. And never come out of agreement. We're not just talking finances. So that what God has started in your life he will finish, complete it, and perfect it. That's what. When I see that, my joy is full. It's not about Pastor Goodluck and Pastor Angela. It's about God's work at the Ark Fellowship. And the people of God at the Ark Fellowship. Where God's going to take us. That's my heart's desire. When God blesses you, I got a good testimony. I can talk about what God's doing in your life every day. That's what we want to do. I need you all to be in agreement with me today. We will be having abundance. Can I hear an amen? amen? Divorce that poverty mentality right now. This is the time to do it. Everyone, if you feel like there is a poverty mentality that has been driving your life, I need you back up here right now. Come up here. That this with worry... We need to pray about that. The reason is because it's a part of your life already. And so you expect it. And so your actions and your attitudes reflect it. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life today. God's bigger than that. It doesn't matter what's happening to you today. God's bigger than that. 
God can take care of you. God can pay your bills. He sent bills. He sent money through the mail to help God's people who trust in Him. He's not a respecter of persons. It's just we haven't trusted Him enough. Today is going to be a day of change for you. Angela, I need you to take the oil. Please anoint every one of these for, and, and pray with them. Now, every one of you begin to expect something unusual. Uncommon favor in your life. Uncommon favor in your life. God's going to do that. God's going to do that. There are things that you need to do to get rid of poverty mentality. When the enemy is telling you you don't have enough, you can't afford to do something God wants you to do, you got poverty mentality. You are in deep trouble. He's got you cornered. He's going to destroy you. That's the time to say, I don't care. If I don't eat, that's okay. I'm going where God wants me to be. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Nobody's going to stop me. The provision will be right there when you get there. Amen? The provision will be right there. Thank you, Jesus. He who believes will not make haste. Amen? He who believes will not make haste. When you are constantly toiling and afraid and all of that, that's the problem. That's the problem. If you surrender that before God today and say, God, from this day on, I will keep confessing before you, I'm not poor, I'm rich. Your man will tell you you're lying. That's the fact. But the truth is, he became poor that you might become rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. That's what you say. Constantly. The whole congregation. That's what you say. Young people, that's what you say. Bill Gates was given birth by a woman, right? I can be one of them. I like one of our young people to be saying, I'm going to be the next Bill Gates. Keep saying his son or daughter, you're going to get there. But bring your tithes to the Ark Fellowship. Amen. <laughs> That's what we do. God is a miracle working God. Amen. God can do this. With God, nothing is impossible. Nothing shall be too hard for the Lord. He's going to do this as we believe Him. Amen. If you've been prayed for, please go back. And I'm still going to pray for people. If you're sick in the body, please come here. Possibly you don't know, no longer have the pain or whatever it is. Don't care what the doctors say. This is the time to get well. The Lord is here this morning. If you're sick, please come up here so we can pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You want to pray for them? Thank you, Jesus. Bow your heads with me. If you're here this morning and don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are here for a reason. I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you that you will find Him and He will find you. And you will be a part of His kingdom and be blessed. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can accept Him this morning. All you have to do is tell Him in your heart, Lord Jesus, I receive you, I accept you. So at the count of three, every head bowed, all eyes closed. At the count of three, put up your hand quickly and put it back down. And I'll pray for you. And the fire of God will come into your life and you will be born again. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. At the count of three, I want to pray for you. I've been praying for you. God needs you in his kingdom. God wants to bless you. At the count of three, raise your hand up quickly and put it back down. 
All eyes closed. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Put your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand there. Thank you. Thank you. Say with me, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. You died for my sins. I ask for forgiveness this morning in Jesus' name. Forgive all my iniquities. Write my name in your book of life. Blessed be your name, O Lord. I believe right now because I've received you into my heart. I am born again. Thank you, Jesus, for writing my name in your book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together. Clap to us. Thank you, Jesus. David, please pray with him. Thank you. A new day is right here. Jesus said this word. He says, in that day, you shall ask nothing in my name. Ask so that you may receive, that your joy may be full. We are living in that day. This is the day that you can ask in his name and you will receive so that your joy may be full. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord this morning. I want you to thank him. See yourself before his cross today and begin to tell him, Lord, I appreciate what you've done for me. I'm truly grateful for all of these great things that you've prepared for me. These wonderful things that I can enjoy. I cannot be sick. I cannot be sick. My sins are forgiven. Sin no longer has dominion over me. I am free. He who the Son makes free is free indeed. I am free indeed. Sin can no longer control my life. You don't have the power to be free yourself from sin. But God can. And He doesn't condemn you. All you have to do is acknowledge what He's done. That honors Him. Tell Him I'm free from sickness and disease. This pain I have in my body cannot stay in my body because Jesus died on the cross for me. He bore my infirmities. He carried away my diseases. I'm free from sickness and disease. I cannot be poor because Jesus is the Lord of my life. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's what you say to Him. And as you say that, He confirms His word in your life with signs following. Amen? God bless you. We're dismissed. Thank you, Jesus.